Hello, New Hemp Times listeners. This is Jehan Marku here with a special podcast episode. This episode features Dr. Jan Roberts and Rick Trojan. Rick is a hemp entrepreneur and host of Let's Talk Hemp. You can find more about him at his website, hemproadtrip.com. The following discussion took place on July 4th, 2019. Jan sat down with Rick at the China International Hemp Industry Forum in Harbin, a city in the northwest region of China. Rick and Jan discussed the importance of regulations to protect patients, standards for dosing, product safety, and other topics where they share significant differences in opinions. I hope you enjoy this hilarious live recording from the conference in China and apologize for the background noise. The conference had over 500 attendees that we tried to keep quiet. Hey, this is Dr. Jan Roberts with New Hemp Times here in a special China edition. And we're actually having a co-podcast with my buddy, Rick Trojan, it's a co-cast. It's a co-cast. It's Let's Talk Hemp, Let's Talk Hemp on the 422 and the New Hemp Times co-podcast Woo! from China. China. We for here. China for some of you. Yes, which Amy. is French. <laughs> with a P. It's with a PH. That's bad. For sure, for China. China. For sure, for, for China. China. Oh my um, god. What we're doing here, what we're doing here is for China. Yes. For real. Um, Paid for by it, the People's Republic of China. Yes, thank you, PPR. Mm-hmm. See, but no, it's been a fantastic conference here. In all in all seriousness, and it's um, and Dr. You Jan, do you want to go into us? Here? Obviously, yeah, yeah. International so, Research Center on Cannabinoids and Mental Health. We totally awesome. fucked up our name. It's International Research Center on Cannabis and Mental Health. Cannabis, cannabinoids, tomato, tomato. You say tomato. I, I know. Anywho, potato. so. Uh, for our listeners, we were actually, both of us, both Rick and I were speaking here, as well as our my other New Hemp Times co-host, uh, Dr. Jehan Marku, um, plus several other people. It was a really fascinating conference. What did you take J- away from it? Jehan couldn't come with us today because he's right now looking at a hemp farm as we yes, speak. Yes, he is. He took and- a bus three hours north, and we're like at the we're at the forty fifth parallel. Wait, wait, wait. By wait, the way, I know. So he's we- like way north. So it's like the sun's definitely not setting. So he's near Russia. Yeah, I bet he can see Russia from this window. Oh, he's pulling a palin. <laughs> You can see Russia from his, his bus. bus window. Um, of course, I didn't go because I decided that I wanted to take a two hour and 15 minute uh, massage break today. So I had a massage at a spa and it was wonderful. What did you amazing. do? I, uh, I went skiing and uh, the largest indoor <laughs> ski slope in the world. And it was awesome, except for I didn't have gloves and my hands froze. It took like an hour for my like, hands to thaw. But um you can see them now, and they're, the digits are working, so it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the conference was absolutely incredible, and, and China is incredible. This is my first time here. Mine too. It, it's uh, yeah, me too, actually. And um, <laughs> so it's it's fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of empty buildings that are beautiful. Uh, it's there's crazy. a lot of uh, yeah toilet paper. Jayon told me to bring toilet paper, and I was like, that's bullshit. I needed toilet paper last night, and the toilets are the ones you stand over. And pee, except in the hotel room. This is a nice hotel. Yeah. That's owned by the government. Yeah, and the university actually owns it too. But well, yeah, the toilet paper here is more, I would say it's not really toilet paper. It's more like sandpaper, <laughs> and which is awesome, not really. And then you'd think they grow this hemp, they'd take and pulp yeah. that shit and yeah. then like use it for shit. Wait, <laughs> literally, you know, literally for shit. Hemp for shit. shit. It's like hemp for victory, but. Hemp for shit. 
smells different. I know. I know. Um, Victory I, smells different in I China. Wish, I wish our listeners could see because we both are wearing scarves right now. They're made thank there. You. Thank you, Vital Hemp. Shout out to Vital Hemp for hemp scarves. Thank you, uh, Vital Black hemp. and white you got on, and I got a solid little white one. Uh, it matches my outfit. It's perfect. Um, but anyway. yeah, so let's let's get into the meat of the product. You, you, have, you gave a great um, presentation yesterday. Thanks. Um, but it's set up there. You're the CEO of Partners in Health and Wellbeing, which is cool. You obviously have a, wear a lot of hats in the industry, Madison Square Diagnostics, all sorts of cool stuff uh, you're doing. But let's get into some of the stuff you were talking about that I think yeah. is interesting. Sure. Um, let's talk about dosing. So dosing was a big thing that you brought up during your conversation or during your presentation. Uh, and trying to figure out what dosing is correct for different... Well, yeah, let's we, get into that a little we bit. We know... Okay, so for people who are listening, we actually did... I did a presentation yesterday on uh, CBD, the facts, and the fiction. And really, it was... I, I talked about CBD mostly, but, you know, we can't ignore its favorite cousin, THC. And so for me, when I'm working with my patients, dosing is a very important piece and it's so individualistic. And one of the things we don't realize is that all of us metabolize cannabinoids differently. You know, we can be a fast metabolizer of certain cannabinoids, slow metabolizer of certain cannabinoids. And so for dosing, it's just, it's really important to um, kind of, start slow and and then build up. But right now we have so many issues that there's lack of education, lack of quality education for our patients. I know I've had my patients who really got very little education around how to use cannabis um, or cannabis products. And um, it's interesting. I've worked in two states with medical marijuana programs, and I would say that New York's is much more um, advanced as far as helping the patients understand what dosage should be. Um, Much they have more advanced than who? Was it Delaware state? is the okay. other state. But um, it's a really fascinating piece because in Delaware, they don't have uh, pharmacists, essentially, at the dispensaries. They're just bud tenders who are helping patients. And it's a very different perspective. You know, when I, I've had cards in both states and the education that I received, and granted, I knew a lot. I, you know, I kind of play stupid and ask questions and then I tell That's them who I am fun. afterwards. Yeah. You know, the, when I went to the uh, New York dispensary, I, I was so impressed by the types of questions they were asking about what medications am I on? You know, what are some of the conditions? How do you want to be able to function? What is it? You know, and, and they really helped me understand the different products and the better products for me versus when I was a patient in Delaware's program. So, but for dosing, so... There are no there are no real standards for dosing. Right. There are no right? right and so and, and something like one in five, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe one in five people cannot metabolize THC through their liver, right? So mm-hmm. they can eat edibles, they can literally eat a gram of right. THC and they would never get they would never yep. feel stoned, right? Yep. Or psych, with yep. psychotropic effects. Yep. Um and I'm imagining the those same people non-intoxicating effects. Yeah, but I imagine those is it cuz I would even argue that CBD is a psychotropic or you know that that it's psychotropic in a way yeah, because I, mean, it I would argue with that for yeah. sure. Wait, um, on which side? Are we again about, opposed? No, we're not opposed. We're just disagreeing. But, but so I think back to the dosing part. Yeah. So I, one in five people can't um, can't metabolize THC, right? Mm-hmm. From an, an edible standpoint. 
are those same people unable to metabolize CBD then as well? Just not necessarily. Okay, so it's no, not cannabinoids. Every, it's just no, a specific. It's a specific cannabinoid. Okay. Okay. So it's not like just one cannabinoid. There are some tests out right now that, um, in fact, for this project that we're working on, a research project, we're actually utilizing it to make sure that our participants to, to really have a better understanding of how they metabolize cannabinoids. Um, and the most ones that are used are obviously CBD and THC. Those are used in this test. We want to see how they metabolize because that would impact dosing um, as well. But here's, I guess, here's my argument. The dosing, I think, I agreed. I think you should, if you can know your dose or whatever for your particular condition, and especially if you're using it on, for medical but I ate a gram and a half of CBD when I was a judge at the NEC conference, the Hemp and CBD Expo. Mm-hmm. Shout out to those guys in, in Birmingham, Alabama, or Birmingham, UK. Not Alabama, Birmingham, UK. <laughs> when I ate a gram and a half of CBD, like I was a little off and I wasn't, my cognitive ability, my cognition wasn't as high. I think I was mm-hmm. a little just kind of slower to get things and I was feeling a little like loop, loopy, I would say. Um, not tired, just kind of like a little loopy. And like I literally was looking for THC to like bring me back to reality, right? Because right. it was a little too much. But um, if I did a gram and a half of THC, I would be night night. In fact, well, wait. All right. So I have a question then. So basically, you feel like you took too much. It had an, an effect that you weren't used to. But that that's a brilliant issue because we know that most other drugs, if you overdose or if you take something, there's some kind of harmful issue going on and 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 what's so fascinating is that cannabis in general is fairly well tolerated you know there are some side potential side effects but they're not really that harmful um one of the issues that i find especially like people always talk about becoming dependent on it or cannabis use disorder and what would that mean as far as um like an overdose and we know that like we even talked about this on new hemp times that when you die you you show kind of an exacerbated number of th like your thc level is heavier so if you overdose you're not going to die and and that's the point you can't overdose yeah right if you consume too much you're not going to die too much yeah yeah, yeah, I mean, overdose. Yeah, I know. I guess if we're looking at semantics, absolutely, you can't overdose on it. But if you take too much, you're not going to die. And it's fascinating because it's actually about where the receptors are and where they're not. They're not located in the area that controls respiration, which is your medulla, right? Uh, is it the medulla? <laughs> I don't know why I thought you're it the was smart another, person in this I know, podcast. I you're smart too, buddy. Yeah, you're you're the smart person in this podcast. So thank yes. you for nodding your head. Yes. That yes, Jan, it's the medulla. I don't think it is. But we'll look. This that is going to be a good podcast. We're not, we're not going to agree on shit the whole time, pretty well, much. We Except for we don't agree. Anything. We're going to agree that we don't agree. And but I like that part. Not I, agreeing or agreeing no, that we don't agree. Agreeing that we don't agree, and we don't have to agree. Yeah, me too. Because we have a totally different perspective. Like we have talked about. The issues, like, I'm always worried about what's going to happen with my patients and how do they, you know, how can they use cannabis products in a way that are going to be safe for them so that maybe they can not take benzodiazepines or maybe not take an opioid or maybe not take, you know, an antidepressant. Because I do feel that, um, you know, the side effects of cannabis products are often 
less harmful than even SSRIs. You know, SSRIs, you can gain weight. You can actually have sexual dysfunctions for it. We know that with cannabis, you don't have... Tell our listeners what SSRI is. A selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. It's it's one of the many different types of antidepressants out there, like a Zoloft. Um, Can I ask you questions? Yeah, but before you get into that, (laughs) hang on, before you get into that, yes, absolutely, of course. This is a good good question and answer answer session. So, um, where I think... My see, so I have no patience. So I'm not concerned. Right. I am concerned with everyone's safety, obviously. Of course. But because since you can't overdose on it, and I've definitely taken too much THC, and I've had a roommate when I first started my first edibles company, uh, I had a, my chef create all these. Um, uh, I think they're like Rice Krispie treats or whatever. And so we had six of them. Oh no, there were cinnamon rolls, and each cinnamon roll had 100 milligrams of THC, mm. and they were delicious, right? And so I went to the gym. I came back, and two of the six cinnamon rolls I had them for investors. And like investors are going to come and eat weed, right? An investment thing. But right. I don't know. I was a kid, I didn't know what I was thinking. But anyway, so I had six, the six cinnamon rolls, so 600 milligrams of THC between the six of them. And I come back, and my roommate, who does who is cannabinoid deficient AF, right? He ate two of them. And so he had consumed 200 milligrams of, of THC and he was about to have a journey, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but I was never concerned for his health, for his safety, right? And I said, I was like, hey, buddy, mm-hmm. grab some water, put on the Muppet movies and queue okay. up some movies and, because you're going to go night night in a little bit. That's the but that's the difference so there's between no me and danger, you. I think, from my well, standpoint. Well, from your standpoint. Correct. So I'll give you a great example. Um, in our podcast on New Hemp Times recently, we talked about the fact that I got my mother to use cannabis for the first time. Right on. Because it was before she had major, well, she had hip surgery, but she also had been taken off of her um, anti or her arthritis medication, anti-inflammatories. She Why? Was, um, prior to the surgery. It was oh. just typical protocol. And she's very much against taking um and anti- or the those kinds of medications only because we saw toxic what it did medications. To my, yeah, yeah, we saw what it did to my father. My father was one uh, had rheumatoid arthritis and died from frigging cold because the medication suppressed his immune system. That's crazy. It is crazy. And so my mother was very worried about taking opioids. Was very you know I've had a, a niece who died from opioid um, overdose a few years ago, and with my father and his opioid but also the arthritis piece. She's really worried. So I got her to try cannabis for the first time. She could not believe it. I was giving her, you know, she was vaping like two puffs. Um, It was probably like what? It wasn't a strong dose at all. She didn't really feel any kind of like psychoactive effects as far as feeling stoned, what we would call feeling stoned. All she kept remarking about was, oh my God, I can move around. I slept great. I can function 75% better. I can feel pain, but it's nothing like it was. She was functional all weekend. When I saw her, when I flew down, she couldn't move hardly. And by the time she had her surgery, she was in a great mood. She couldn't get over how much better she felt. Well, then I had to leave and um, we had some new product that was given to her. And she consumed too much. Okay. Yeah, she, she consumed too much. And this is the difference. This is why you and I disagree. Because her experience on that scared her so much that it created almost like a little trauma reaction. So now she's afraid to use this because she had taken too much. And, and, and just look, totally. you, you're you like, you know... But get back on the bike, you know what I mean? You fall off the bike, get back on the bike, right? I I know that, but she's actually fairly healthy. No, she's a fairly healthy woman. She's almost 80. 
But for my patients who are very fragile, who are very much having panic disorders, PTSDs, flashbacks, and stuff like that, the last thing I want to do is to re-traumatize them. And so for me, it's a very important issue to really talk about safety and dosing in a way that people understand that. Because I do want to avert that experience for for people who don't want that. And we know that the largest growing segment of the population using cannabis really are elderly people. But they've been programmed. They've been programmed to be fearful of this plant. And that's that's, that's, she wasn't fearful at all when she was having a good dosage of it. The way she described her her reaction to it, it, it was a little alarming to me just because you know and and i get where you're coming from and i don't disagree that there is probably this internalized stigmatization that's playing out here in her fears but at the same time as a clinician i always want to make sure that anyone that i interact with uses something that actually makes them feel better not causes more harm because that's my credo my my ethical thing is to not do harm yeah and so for me i take that very seriously and 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 i think that's great but i think she's 80 years old right so so she was literally i mean anzinger and the the whole war on drugs and the whole reefer madness was literally when she was a child right so i think i think kind of build up the argument i think she she was taught that this is the the harmful plant the devil's lettuce it's awful this that the other but the reality is from a from a other than a mental piece right Physically, physiologically, yeah, cannabinoids helped her. Were yeah. helped oh her, even God. though even when she was freaking out, it was still helping down. her. I, I know her so, inflammation yeah. went down. Absolutely. So that's but, a, that's a but, that's a but, mental thing. That, I mean, no, you, I I hear what you're okay. saying, but I think you're falling into a trap here of separating the mental and the physical, and it is all one experience. Right, and, and you and I had talked about earlier about the endocannabinoid system really kind of being a gateway to this kind of unified holistic approach of a human as both a conscious being but also a physical being mm-hmm. we have to look at both because the mental does impact the Correct. physical That's, and vice versa I, yep, so so for me it's really important that we try to avert that as much as possible because I don't want to do harm. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and I deal, you have to also understand, I come from a background where the kinds of patients I treat typically are the most um, fragile, have had significant trauma in their lives. Um, and the last thing I ever want to do is to re-traumatize them. Yeah, and, but they and, use psilocybin. They use psilocybin now no, as legal in that. Colorado, right, for PTSD and that. But the reality but is, cannabis it, is fantastic for PTSD. Sure, but the reality is, when you use psilocybin, sometimes you go to a bad place, bad right? And place, you have to. It teaches it. you, or you you learn. At least I had to learn to <laughs> adapt and to and to go with that flow. Like not everything's I rainbows and something. unicorns. You know what Dude, I mean? Dude, I'm God. I say that all the time. Yeah, that's probably where I got it. I don't um, think I've used that since I've met you. Well, then that's so. probably not where I got it. Um, no. Maybe we got it from someone else, but hold on now, buddy. It's my turn. All right, buddy. (laughs) All right, buddy. But before I go on to say this, I do want to be very clear that actually my mother has probably been one of the biggest supporters. So is she using cannabis now? Um, Not as much I don't anymore. know. I know she's using CBD right now. Okay, so yeah, she does. You okay, know, good, good for her. She, she really good was excited about this and, and very supportive in realizing that she's been fed a pack of lies but um, by our government. Basically, you know, going back to Nixon and Slinger as well in the 30s and all that good stuff. But um, I want to kind of switch the roles here. 
So for our listeners on New Hemp Times, tell us about what you do and, and kind of why you got into this. Um, so I am I, um, I got into it in 2012 or 13. I had just sold a software company and I was traveling all over the world. I was traveling like 300 days a year and I was never home. And I wanted to hang out with my nieces and nephews who are now nine to five from nine to like two. And so I was like, what, what can I do that's going to keep me in Colorado? I don't have to travel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, marijuana. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you grow marijuana in, or in the marijuana industry in Colorado, you have to stay within the state, right, legally. So I was like, oh, perfect. So I started a weed company and an edibles company because I figured, I was 13, so I figured people wouldn't want to smoke if they're going mm-hmm. on the slopes or whatever. They might want to eat edibles or whatever. Yep. So even like, vape pens had barely come out even then, right? right so right. Uh, And then I went to Germany. I used to live in Europe, so I went to Germany to hang out with some friends and travel around for a month and got super sick on alpurinol. I was taking mm-hmm. alpurinol for high uric acid, right? And, it, and I had an allergic reaction in Germany. And ended up uh, in the hospital for a month. And so it's called Stephen Johnson syndrome. Yeah. So essentially burn from the inside out is what's happening. So all your mucus members burn. Like uh, my, my lip, I was going to like, I went to the Oktoberfest. I came back early, like at five o'clock at night because I was tired and all, you know. And uh, at like three in the morning, I went to the bathroom. And I had like, you know, I got a dry lip. And I like, mm-hmm. like to scrape my lip and my whole lip just peeled off and went into the, into the sink. And I was like... This isn't good, right? And so then I went to the hospital. Then went to, they didn't know what was going on. Then I went to another hospital. They didn't know. Thank God I drank an eight ounce uh, thing of water. Otherwise, I would have probably mm-hmm. died of dehydration. Uh, but but a third hospital I went to, and then they found out it was Stephen Johnson. And then when I got my eyesight back, I was I was in, I was in, I was you in lost ICU. Your yeah, you, I couldn't see because I mean, yeah, it's just it was it's, it was gnarly. It was super gnarly. And this was um, when this was 2014, I think. Yeah, yeah. 14. And so uh, 14 or 15, but um. Anyway, so I got my eyesight back, and I was like, okay, and I'm sitting in this fucking hospital doing nothing. And I was like, well, I don't know shit about cannabis. I probably should learn about cannabis because I started a weed company, and I probably should know what I'm doing for a living, mm-hmm. right? And then I learned about Reefer Madness, Prohibition. Then I started learning about cannabis, Sativa L in general, which mm-hmm. is, we call it hemp, we call it marijuana, we call yeah. it whatever you want to call it. Uh, but all the things that it could do, right? And I was like, holy shit, like this plant is incredible. Why aren't we, we're pulling, we're pouring petroleum over everything, and these toxic, and our food's toxic, and to- why don't we have a natural alternative option, right? Mm-hmm. And hemp could be that option. And so I, when I got back to the States, the presidential primaries were going on. And so I bought a biodiesel bus and started following the primaries, talking like Clinton and Martin O'Malley. And, um, you know, we tried to get to Trump, who went to one of those rallies, but it really just trying to help people understand, like not everyone needs to smoke or wants to smoke marijuana, right. but everyone can, can benefit from utilizing cannabis in any, in a number of aspects of their life. Right. So I, then I just kind of, transitioned more over to the industrial side and the hemp side and just, you know, just got after it. So, um, so what all do you do now? So I, um, I mean, cause obviously yeah. you're here in China, yeah. you spoke yesterday. Yeah. So which was amazing. Mission? Um, so I'm the vice president of the, of the hemp industries association, which is the largest and oldest national hemp trade association. Um, I have about 4,700 acres in the ground from companies that I deal with and either a member or a small equity owner and um, media and marketing company. And we have just a couple different things just to help build this. I mean, the reality is I'm here to build the industry. I'm not going to get rich on this, right? I'm not going to, it's not for me. It's more for the you got kids. rich on the software? No, then I dumped it into the marijuana and then that went to shit. So I, <laughs> I yeah, it's all relative, right? But like, right. it's all, I mean, yeah. You make it, you spend it. I mean, that's how yeah. that's how life is. But it's yeah. just um, so I put that into the into the marijuana, the first marijuana company that I did that was that didn't go anywhere. But um, yeah, so that's what I do. So I, I'm essentially here to educate people, build the industry, um, and help just help 
dispel fear. I think that's really what I'm doing. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just, hey, if you've been told information, that's just not the right information. And that's here's good and look it up yourself if you don't believe me. You and know? I love that you and I both have the podcast because when I got my doctorate, my whole like presentation as I was doing my defense was about trying to change the conversation around cannabis. And because we, we have such, it's such a highly stigmatized issue. And if you really focus on the only, the reason that cannabis is so powerful, and I'm not talking about sustainability, I'm talking about it as a medicine right okay. now, is because of the endocannabinoid system. And to me, that is just like the most magical and incredible kind of physiological system that people don't know about. Right. Like people don't understand why CBD might be working, why, you know, all these research projects going on finding that cannabis can help this or that condition you know and, and that's where I, I just think it's beautiful well i think it's actually what we do on the let's talk hemp and the 422 is we actually our tagline is changing the cannabis conversation so no yep for real so the first yeah, so i drove the bus around the first two years and it said hemp is not marijuana on the front and back of the bus that was it right so when i rebranded the bus this last year in uh april in august it says um i changed the conversation and we said it says hemp is cannabis but it can't get you high so that's what so it's it's all cannabis. So like I don't even like using the word marijuana, but right. um, because either. the race is undertones yep, all that. But in either event, I mean, people call it what they want to call it. But you you made a point uh, to go back to the endocannabinoid system. I love how Let's, you're trying to get this off of you and what? that one to me. Yeah. Well, no, just, <laughs> we're just changing the conversation. Um, so you made a point yesterday in your speech, which I thought, which I, I'm looking at the notes here now. Less than nine percent, or about nine percent of medical schools mm-hmm. in the states teach the endocannabinoid system. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's scary. crazy. So like today, um, I, I was sharing with you earlier, but I teach at NYU and I had my students since I'm not there uh, teaching uh, this week. I'm here in China. For China. For China. Anyway, um, I had them review an article that I, I um, wrote and had published in a peer-reviewed journal about the history of cannabis, but really from a clinical uh, perspective, from a mental health perspective, what are the things that clinicians really need to know? And I, I've been reading all of their responses over the last three days as they've been submitting their homework assignment to me. And it's fascinating to hear that they had never even heard of the endocannabinoid system. And I know that what they're telling me echoes everything that you hear from physicians, from, you know, nurses. People aren't aware of this physiological system that actually impacts almost every function. It kind of just runs your body. Yes. It's the most important system of your body. No question. And if it's not regulated, it leads to disease right. and, and or mal, uh, dysfunctional, you know, right. processes. Chronic so, diseases. Right, right, right. Time, Mental right. health yeah. issues, yep. too. You know, um, and, and so for me, this is a really fascinating kind of area that we're wanting to focus on and, and to look at how EC, the ECS really impacts certain functions. And because that right there tells you that... It impact once we can kind of like we could potentially predict if people are going to have disease states. If this, if the theory is there and the data is showing this, that we and you can, can measure the metrics, and you can measure it in the body for sure. But here's the question: Is there um, are there ECSs in reptiles and fish, or just mammals? <laughs> nope, just mammals. Just That'd be kind of cool if a shark had an ECS and then he ate a person that was stoned and he was like, ooh, ooh that was like, and then he just mellows out. Yeah. Or she, it could be a she shark. 
Yeah, why, why would you go to that mail? Goddamn patriarchy. I turned back, I turned it, I'm the one that brought up the she shark. You didn't even have, that wasn't even in your mind. <laughs> she sharks are the best. Oh my God. Um, but yes, yeah, so, okay, so it's just in mammals. So people and, and yeah. mammals, your dogs, cats. Um, it makes you kind of wonder because I, I know walrus. in my present, I know in my presentation yesterday, I have this quote that I showed where it talked about how really the ECS is kind of the bridge between the physical physiological realities but also the conscious realities of of the human experience and and I do believe that and I think that that's why it's so powerful because it really demonstrates that humans are not physical beings with a mental reality we are one being that has all of this Mm -hmm. And, and so the physiology influences the mental health experiences the perceptions all of that stuff so i want to get back to you sorry yeah. no, no. change things and, and of course my questions aren't going to be as pointed probably as yours i just want our listeners to really understand more about you and your goals here um so tell me if you were to win the lottery what would you be doing same thing i'm doing now right yeah no question i would just do it <laughs> with a lot more pizzazz <laughs> <laughs> I'd have, yeah, I'd be I'd engaged, you know, some slide, I just, uh, the reach would be bigger. I, I could yeah. pay to get a bigger reach and really impact more people, right? So that would yeah. be, uh, I'd make a second documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd write some more books. I would. Um, have you written a book? Written a book called The Hemp Roadmap, um, really? just about kind of hemp 101. Um, Do you have it here? I don't have it here. It's not published a, yet, but yeah, I have, I have a. I have a will I, you send me a signed copy? I author? will, yes. Um, but I would, yeah, I would do. That's what I would do. I would just help educate more people because then I would get a bigger team and a bigger, yep. a bigger fleet. And we get a fleet of buses or a fleet of, you know, we would just get after it. Because that, that, the reason I asked you that question is because to me that gives me the insight into really what your true purpose is. And so you are living that. Yeah. Well, that, well here's the beauty of almost dying in Germany is it's all gravy to me. So everything, it's, it's all, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm living on borrowed time. I think as far, not borrowed time, but I'm, it's like a second life or a second option. So I don't really, a lot of the concerns and fears and stuff from before, I don't carry with me anymore because I can choose not to, right? We can all choose what we want to carry. And I choose not to because life's too fucking short for real. And it took me 40, 38 years to realize it was too short. Uh, But now that I've had the new, you know, a couple years after that, I mean, we're just in the amount of stuff that's happened in the last four years in my new life is just absolutely awesome right and so i don't know why i would do anything else I mean, i've been to china i've been to Colombia, i've been to europe i've been all over the world four continents now for this plant right and learning yeah. about this plant and meeting awesome people like yourself Absolutely. and leaders in the industry it's it's, 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 it's my it's literally my, my dream job like it'd be nice to get paid right a little yeah. bit but like again that's not i used to want to be a millionaire and all that stuff and, and that'll come or that won't but it's not it's not a driver anymore right the driver's just helping. helping people get their head, you know, the systems are, our system is broken across the mm-hmm. board, right? Whether it's healthcare or education or agriculture or Paul, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's not sustainable and it's broken. And that's what we're seeing. Everything's breaking down right now. So what you're pointing out is something I kind of took away from this conference, which is that hemp has this ability really to change the world on so many different levels, mm-hmm. nutrition, you know, so agriculture, nutrition, medicine, we're talking about even like sustainability. We were talking about building houses out of out of hempcrete and, and stuff. It it just really is magical when you kind of think about 
the ways that it could change society. Well, it's been, I think, my fourth or fifth year that I've been studying it and, and teaching about this plant. And people ask me, like, what's the downside? And honestly, other than it, it's kind of hard to harvest and process a little bit, right? Because we don't have the technology we had from 80 years ago. There's not a ton of downside that I see with this plant at all, really. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a, a solid answer for them. But I think one thing that you talked about yesterday is... Um, the adverse reactions yes. with some of this stuff. So let's get yes. in. So there is some downside. So, yeah. um, and we'll get into why there's some downside here in a bit, but let's tell, oh, well, uh, tell let us a little bit of overview. I, like, yeah. Can I start with, it, with yeah. that? Yeah. So if we use the term clinical endocannabinoid deficiency syndrome, then we know that um, what we know is that if you have a deficient or, or um, dysregulated endocannabinoid system, that's what leads to problems. And for my patients, I really try to get them to connect to how they're feeling physiologically, mentally, etc. And the downsides that we're seeing for side negative side effects or adverse reactions can be issues with short-term memory, issues really not so much with cognition. And again, these issues are so temporary. And, you know, you can actually, I think, there are some studies that say like 10% of users can develop a disorder. And I actually believe that Chronic that's, use disorder? Uh, a cannabis use disorder okay. is what we call it um, in the mental health field. And actually, I think that that's a result of people not really just having the education and learning how to connect to their body. And I think that actually if you use cannabis, you, be- you can easily become hyper aware to how it's affecting you. Right. And you can regulate yourself. In fact, I'm a huge proponent of teaching people to regulate themselves in their usage. You know, I know there have been times when maybe I've used too much or wasn't using enough and, and have had to find the right balance for myself. And, and that's what the home... You know, that's what the ECS is all about, is having that balance. You know, we have this thing called a biphasic effect with cannabis, where too little is not enough, but too much actually can cause problems. So you have to find that right therapeutic dosage. And and goes back. Right, right. And, and, and so that's really important. And there are things that, you know, I, I try to educate my patients on what to pay attention to. If they're finding themselves not having as much motivation, that's a great sign that maybe you're doing too much. You know, listen to your body. We have this innate inner intelligence if we just pay attention to it. And, and I think that as a society, we are so disconnected from how we feel that that's part of the problem. And that's why people develop disorders, whether it's cannabis use disorder, you know, they opioid eating too much, you know, uh, jumping into relationships so quickly, you know, and not really anything can become a problem. It's how we relate to these things that are the issues. And, And so I work with my patients really to develop some mindfulness about their use and how it's affecting them so that they can kind of lead the most vital lives that they can. And so I think that's fantastic. I think that that's, that's exactly what we should be doing, helping people help themselves, learn for themselves, and teach right. them, learn together, it's right? Yeah, for sure. It's empowerment. And, and, and I think that that's really important. Okay. Yeah, well, I think, so, so on the adverse reaction piece, the cannabis yep. use disorder, I think some of that may be attributed to, at least in Colorado, there was some Eagle Claw pesticides, so pesticides and herbicides get in your system, mm-hmm. right? From a consumption standpoint, yep. might be driving some of that, I would yep. hypothesize. Yep. Um, but again, what you were speaking to yesterday, at least uh, in the conversation, speaking specifically about K2 and spice or synthetic, oh my God. synthetic we, cannabinoids, which are dangerous. As yes. Well. So let's talk about the adverse reactions. You were, you were saying that um, a lot of those adverse reactions, I think, came from K2 and spice and synthetic cannabinoids. Yeah, so there was this really kind of interesting 
kind of scary, actually. Uh, research that was done out of Virginia Commonwealth this, uh, in 2018 that came out looking at um, a brand of CBD. I, I think it was, oh my God, was it Black Diamond? Should we yeah, not Black Diamond. No, we can talk about them. We can as, talk yeah. about that? Okay. Well, um, other, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was identified, I mean, because the CEO came out and had a response for it. But essentially, they had done some testing, uh, the researchers of Virginia Commonwealth, and found that this product that's really well-known, um, Tommy Chong was one of their um, uh, paid people, or I don't know if he owned part of it or, or what, but anyway... They found that it had contaminants in it. So it was basically like a counterfeit CBD product. Essentially, what they found was that um, not only did it have um, chemicals that are found in like cough medicines, it also had um, substances that are found in K2 and spice that actually exacerbate anxiety. And so that's where I go to. When we read that article, uh, Dr. Marcoux and I, really felt so strongly that our research center had to send out a consumer warning. So we sent out a consumer warning to people, sent a press release with the uh, American Chemical Society, their, their subdivision on cannabis safety, um, sent out a joint press release saying that, you know what, be careful, use products that you know where they came from, that you can at least trace back what, what are your products demonstrating. And that's where, you know, you and I have this disagreement, but I really do feel like patients need to know because most of my patients who use CBD are actually using it for um, relieving symptoms of anxiety. But these were, these were substances that actually trigger anxiety and are found in a lot of emergency room visits. And, and so we just want to make sure that people are using products that are safe. That's it. Right. No, and I, I do actually agree with you that you should know, know what you're buying, know what you're putting in your body for sure. Yep. Um, as we're in China and I have known what the hell I've been eating for the last three days, but um, at I Rooster at one point, which was wild. I decided not to ask anymore. All I know it was damn good food. Yeah. I had the best ribs today I've ever had. I had some weird skin of some animal that was gross. And <laughs> I had a rooster that was very good. Uh, thankfully, they gave the head to the person next to me because it's like a delicacy to eat the head and there's no way in hell I'm you giving head to head. a rooster. No. You're not going to give head to a rooster? I'm not going to eat head. I'm not going to give head. I'm not going to eat anything. That rooster is getting nothing from me. <laughs> um, so, not yes. Nothing. Not in for China. Not for China. Show. <laughs> it, it could be for China, but it's definitely oh, not for China. Um, at any rate, um, the rooster, so, I, so the point is you definitely should know what you're putting in your body, Absolutely. right? Know where it's coming from. But I think also go to nature. Don't the synthetic stuff isn't working. So if nature nature does it right, and she's been doing it for hundreds of thousands of years, for millions of years, so let's just let her do her job, and then we can just yeah. That makes sense to me. I'm curious how you feel about this, but this is what worries me about the cannabis industry in general now. As I understand that there's a need to have capital, I understand that there's a need to do better research out there and to have. Uh, certain investments. I do, but I think that we're running a scary kind of path where we don't want to lose the essence of what this product is. We don't want to lose the inner wisdom of the plant. But that's up to us. That is totally up to us. And that's one of the reasons we do New Hemp Times is that we want to challenge we don't want this to become another big pharma. Right. We want this to be something that's for the people. Right. 
you know, and, and focus on the patient. And the more, and cannabis is helping people become more aware, right, of their yeah. bodies, of their systems, of, yep. the, of our systems that are broken, whether you're in China yeah. or America right. or wherever you're at. Um, Can I ask a question? Yeah. So you had... Oh, I thought that was it. I thought the no? question was if you could ask one. Oh, you know me better than All right. that by now. You're right. Um, so you had Stevens-Johnson syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. So was cannabis part of your recovery or? No, I was, no? So I was in Germany. I was in Germany. I had, my recovery was steroids and um, that's it. And how did the steroids affect you? I mean, I slept for most of the time and then I just had, you know, the German nurses and the German, like, which was awesome. And then like the doctor was awesome. But, and I thank God I was in Germany because if I was in the U.S. I'd be dead for sure. But do you think that I, do you think that cannabis though has played a a role in you maintaining health or trying to absolutely live? no question I mean I consume okay. other than here in China I consume, I consume you know 200 to 200 milligrams of CBD a day you know at least mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then THC as well so I consume cannabinoids mm-hmm. across the board right yeah um, I haven't I, had an aspirin in five, since the hospital which is I awesome um, and I which is I, awesome. I took yeah never mind I had to take one okay. two today because I had no products on me and uh, had a major ass headache from the cheap ass alcohol I've been drinking. Well, we drank some, I call it, I call it Chinese gasoline last night. <laughs> I guess it was like $250 a bottle of American. And we had like four of them between our group. It was all these Chinese people and me. And so you'd stand up and you'd cheers uh-huh. and you'd do the shit. And then you'd, someone, they'd try to make you drink the whole thing. And I'm like, that's a nightmare. And I'm not 15 or 22 anymore. So I don't have to do right? that. I can sip it like a gentleman. But nothing is gentleman about sipping Chinese gasoline for real. And it wasn't real gasoline. When we have a picture of what it was. I can't pronounce it because it was in Chinese, but it, it burned like it was gasoline. Like really? it was like, and I've had Everclear before. Like, and it's, this was, yeah, more brutal than Everclear. Yeah, I, I woke up with a nasty little headache just from the beer and wine that I had last night. But, um, so cannabis has been part of your pathway to recovery and health. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like it's changed you? So I, I think it's a, that's a great question. I think, I, I don't know if I'd attribute it to cannabis necessarily or just that experience, like that, that near-death experience, I think mm-hmm. was very transformative, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in a lot of ways. And, I don't, I, and cannabis played a, has played a role in that new transformation, a uh, large role in that new transformation. And obviously it's, it's now what I'm focused on and driving towards and driving around the country and flying around the, the globe, yeah. educate on. So it's definitely given me a direction and a purpose that I didn't really... Yeah that is stronger than it's ever been before, right? I think is the best way to say it. So I think cannabis has helped to deliver me into a more focused and positive and hopefully more positively impactful life. So I'm actually helping other people become aware and other people learn. Do you feel like it's helped you be more empowered to make positive changes in your life? Or not? Yeah, I mean, not really. I mean, I don't think... I, I mean, I think I just... Yeah, I mean, I think when in Germany, I just made up my mind, like, hey, this is crazy. Like, people need to learn. Yeah, no, it actually it has, because that's the reason I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm not, and I'm super empowered to do what I do. Like, to do to do this, right, you have to, we're in freaking China, right? This we're is crazy. Like, China. I went today, I went skiing, and I don't know shit about Chinese. I don't know how to do anything, you know what I mean? So, like, Shishu. that was about, yeah. I know that. <laughs> it, was, it was a little, yeah. Um, yeah, but it was, yeah, I think it has, I would say it has, empowered me because it's what it's it's what i'm driving for every day to me that's part of the whole like regulated endocannabinoid system because i think when i work with patients i'm always concerned because i think that oftentimes we forget that we have the power to change our lives and empowerment is vital and for people to have 
the empowerment and connectivity to really kind of know what they want, what they don't want. What, you, you know what I mean? I just think I, I've seen it transform people. My own experience, you and I had talked about this. I had shingles so badly and it was in my eye and I kept having recurrences because of my stress levels. I don't do well with stress. My body lets me know when it it's stressed out. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, and unfortunately, I'm one of these kinds of people who usually take on way too many things because I love it and enjoy it too much. But then there's a re- reality to that. Mm-hmm. And and so, it, you know, I, I found that cannabis has been almost a gateway to connecting more to what I need and what I want. It's reduced. And this is fascinating for me as a clinician that it can reduce defense mechanisms. I know that I've had much more earnest conversations with people. You know, That's great, yeah. when, when I do that. And, and, and so I do think that cannabis has a way of kind of changing the way people interact with each other. And, and see, I, I agree. Mine is more just kind of dispelling the fear. So if people are yeah. afraid to do this or afraid, like, I don't have a lot of fear, right? Like, yeah. which is, I mean, we're all going to die, right? We're yeah. here for a certain short period of time. So get after it. If you want to get after it, get after it. You know what I mean? And like, but get after it. Like, do something. One of my hashtags is like, do, do something, right? Yeah. And I was in, um, I was in Kentucky this last road trip and someone had a little name tag that said, do epic shit, which is what I'm changing this now. So like, do it, do epic shit. Like don't half-ass it, get after it. Even if you fail, but if you, there's no failure because you learn, right? If you learn, you're, you're winning. Oh my God. So So every time you, every time it doesn't work out, you've learned something or you should learn something. And if you really think about it, you have learned something, right? But it's just identifying that and utilizing that in your next, in your next task or your next project is, is awesome. So there are no mistakes. They're just lessons. Yeah. I like it. You know, like it's it. just lessons. I like it. Well, let's get into this. Okay. Is here another spot we have. Uh, we'll have a little good banter on. Is the need for regulation? So you are very excited. <laughs> yes. Oh, Correct. This is going to be a good one. Hey, listeners, oh. this is the time to listen up. So you can probably you might need to pull over your car if you're in traffic yeah. because it's going to get it's going to get epic. It's um, going to get pleasantly. It's going to get pleasantly educational. Yeah. Okay. Um, whatever. So let's let's get into it. So. You are a big fan, a big proponent of the need for regulations in this industry, obviously, because some of the stuff you dealt with with K2 and Spice and some of the other stuff, but help me understand, yeah, help our listeners understand Why? your position, yeah. Well, By the way, the again, beeping in the background is for every time that I come up with a really good point, it beeps in the background, so that's that was my point. Oh, Jesus, no, it's just the Chinese watching us. Jesus isn't here, just, just good points it's by me. Jesus watching us. Okay, so anyway, I look at it again as a safety issue. I had a patient recently, or last year, this happened, where he had bought products um, that he thought were okay to consume because he bought it at his local store. It was a bodega in New York and consumed it. And within a few hours, he was in a psych hospital freaking out, having a psychotic episode. And the, I forgot exactly what it was that the drug came back with, but essentially it was a synthetic cannabinoid that created this in him. And again, a lot of trauma. It's led to a breakup of relationships. It's done some major damage. So for me, I would, oh, wait. Of course, our listeners can't see the fireworks display over there, but we're watching fireworks here in China on the 4th of July. Oh, wow. Motherfucker, we're watching 4th of July. I wonder if those are 
Those are like different. Expats. Those are those are for America because they're like yeah. they're, they're small ones. They're small, small ones. ones. <laughs> but okay, so back to the story. You know, for me, this is about how can we enforce that people get what they think that they're getting and that it's safe to do that. In the perfect world, you would never need regulations. I'm going to give you that one. We definitely don't live in a perfect world. Right. We have people who have motivations like cutting corners, saving some money. Let me, you know, how can I make the biggest profit? And really without considering the impact on the human being. And because of that, I am a proponent of regulations to kind of make sure that nothing is sold that can actually potentially hurt people. That people need to be able to know exactly what they're getting. Sure, but we don't. We don't know when we buy Cheerios. We don't realize that we're uh-huh. getting glyphosate in our systems. Our children are eating glyphosate. Right, every box of Cheerios has so glyphosate on it. Right, that that's so okay. I'm saying don't eat fucking Cheerios. I'm saying right. what I'm saying. But the difference is, I don't. I don't think we, I. I'm not a fan of regulation at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of our industry deciding that it, in order to get a license to grow hemp or grow cannabis, you need to overregulate. I mean, mm-hmm. my, my my weed company had. We had a security system that we had to pay for it to install so they could monitor us at all times. Mm-hmm. At one point, they asked us to install a secondary, a secondary system. I'm like, this is absurd. This is stupid. Those systems aren't cheap. And I'm then, not and disagreeing I think, with you, but that's not what we're talking about. We're, we're talking about talking people about getting sick, but they're getting safety. sick because of synthetic cannabinoids, right. not because of natural cannabinoids. So my, my point is... Well, hold on now. There have been products that have been grown and have had harmful chemicals sprayed on them. That's not They're, natural. I don't disagree with that. But again, if we, you know, we have to have something in place to make sure that the natural piece is the natural piece then. And I think that's the market. I think if I take something from this company and it makes me sick, I'm not going to take that shit anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. First of all, I'm not going to take it because I'm going to know, I'm going to do my research to find out what it is and what what comes. Most people don't do that, but that's also on them. Right. But here's the problem. You have a lot of products that don't produce the information to the consumer that they need to have to be able to make educated decisions. Not just in cannabis, across the board. Across the board, absolutely. But I'm talking about cannabis, and I'm talking about the impact on my patients here. And so for me, that is the issue until something has to be done to ensure that there's safety. I think that that, in the perfect world, again... We wouldn't have to, it would automate the market would regulate itself. But we're talking about vulnerable populations here, people who are using products to control certain issues. And because of that, that's where you have to really pay attention. We wouldn't give children medication if we didn't if we you know, you wouldn't give them an adult dosage. You're going to give them what's safe for that person and for that weight and that height and all that stuff. And for me, it's about how do we reduce the risks? And I can't see any other path forward because there are assholes out there who don't give a shit. Like, and I, sure. and I will say, the CEO of, of Black Diamond or whatever the company was, his comment when he was um, outed for his product was basically that someone must have tampered with his products. Instead of saying, oh shit, we fucked up. How do we fix this? It was a defense like as if some kind of magical ghost went and like absent-minded. Yeah. 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 
And, and that's who we're dealing with. So I don't know a better answer for that. If you have a better answer, I'm, I'm well, interested I'm, in I'm 100% positive it. that the answer is not the FDA and the answer is not the American government regulating stuff because they've allowed oxycodone for 11 year olds. Mm-hmm. That's not safe. That's super toxic. People are I dying. Agree. Right? I totally, so I, I, I don't disagree with that. My point is if you keep it as close to nature as you can, if it's natural or even organic, I think it should be driven organic anyways. Mm-hmm. Yep. But if it's organic and it's natural, there's no issue. There's yep. no issue at all, right? Yep. You can't overdose. You can't, I mean, so, um, and I'm not a fan of regulation of, of our government regulated because they're not out. I don't believe that they're out for our best interest and for our safety. I believe no, they're, they're out, out for, for their own interest. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And so I don't, yeah, I, I, I I'd rather, that. I'd rather, and my interest is making sure people get, and your interests are aligned, making sure people get the right information, right. the right, um, what they need for themselves, what works for them. Right. And that could, they could try different products, but I can see both sides of it for yep. sure. Uh, I just and don't I think the answer is our too. government. I just don't think I don't. I don't think the FDA. Or, but, know, but there's, look, but there's I'm no other mechanism. Of our government. I, I am totally leery of of Big Brother, but I just don't know what else the answer could be. As we're and, in China, by the way, and Big Brother is right up in here. Uh huh. And it's been dinging every time. Yeah. You every time I have a great idea, which is all the time. Great ideas all over the. China has great ideas, but I can't. I can't verbalize them because I'll get. You know. Well, I'm just, the big brother. I know. And yeah, I can't verbalize them for China. For China. Um, so let's get into, uh, so this kind of, to, to segue, uh, you had said a, a quote that I had written down yesterday from your speech, which I loved. And it says, without research, you're talking about um, CBD in general, and the uptake of CBD and the excitement of CBD, the popularity. And you said, without research, it's just a fad. So let's get into that a little bit. <laughs> I have to tell you, I am like the biggest bitch in my neighborhood when it comes to these coffee shops that were selling CBD and coffee. Because I just wanted to slap them. Like, okay, what are you using? See, I, I'm watching your body language right now. You're I'm like, literally what? Giving you, I'm literally giving you a poker face. I'm, yeah. Uh-huh. Your, your shoulders went up. <laughs> you know, they really? I, yes, they nice. do. I'm used to Look reading body language. I, I am right. a professional, you know. Uh, you're, you're not. Oh, I got you. No, oh, I got no. you. No. No, just so everyone knows, I'm standing it. still and not doing anything, so it's just perfect. Oh, what? But he'll look off in a moment. I'll be able to tell what he's thinking because this is what I'm trained to do. Okay. Do this. Oh, I, I, challenge accepted. <laughs> so the issue is. Again, I keep going back to where are these people? I know you're trying so hard. Um, Where? So without research, it's just a fad. Yeah. So and and right now in New York, I'm just speaking about New York. Just there are CBD stores everywhere, popping up for everything. And that's all over the country. And it's all over the country. It's in food and coffees and all of this. And there are all these claims, but we don't have a lot of really good data around cannabinoid-specific claims. We really don't. I mean, we're getting there. But right now, we have to build better research protocols. When you look at, for example, like most of the research out there, it's not been on cannabis. I'm just going to talk about cannabis in general. We haven't been able to drill down to what the specific cannabinoids are. We don't have a lot of data about when we do research, for example, on CBD. Oftentimes, you don't have information on dosage or where it came from. Um, There are some great emerging studies coming out. We know that there was a really great one, and I'm interested in it because of the opioid use disorder issue, about how CBD at high levels can actually reduce cravings of heroin users uh, who are in early stage relapse. 
But I'm worried that it's becoming such a fad that people are going to be focused on CBD, CBD, CBD without really understanding what its role is and how it can positively impact people. And so I'm sure I'm watching you nod your head and I might be projecting here, but I'm sure you're like, so what? But at the same time, though, I just want to make sure that we have data to back up these claims. Why would you think I'd say so what to having more oh, research? Oh, because I'm projecting. No, okay. not, no, 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 no. I don't say you're saying so what to having more research. No, I'm just saying that you're like, I'm totally reading into your body yeah. language right now. Yeah. You know, and, and or misreading. Yeah. Misreading. Yeah. And, and so I just think I that, you. oh, shut <laughs> up. God, he's doing a happy dance, people. He's doing a happy dance. It's a patented shoulder roll. I know. I shouldn't do that in in China because they take take patents away here. It's like that. That's not now it's going to be the new fad in China. (laughs) Let me get Yeah, Yeah, perfect. Exactly. Um, Anywho. Yeah, so I don't think it's a fad. I hope it's not a fad. I hope it's not a fad. I um, hope it's not a fact. I agree. I'm research. worried that it's going to become so infiltrated that people are going to think that it's for everything in the whole wide world. And if the research is not there to support these claims, we shouldn't be saying that. But it because is for everything it in the whole wide world because it's the endocannabinoid system which runs the body, right? So I think to well, your point. Well, hold on, though. Hold on. It depends on how your individual endocannabinoid correct. system is working. I'm talking about cannabinoids in general, not just CBD. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so. I agree that there needs to be more research. I think I'm more fearful of making it so scientific, right? It has yeah. to be so, and this is what we're writing to the FDA yeah. next week on our, the letter of the HIA is writing to the FDA and, and others are writing. It doesn't need to be that scientific. It does, it's, it's nature. It works. You take CBD and you feel better and your anxiety is down and your body, CBD in general, in general, and this, and, but See, I all the research, I, like it has to be this specific dose and this titrate at this oh. amount. I don't know. I don't know if that's, that's necessary on the pharma side, but I don't think it's necessary in the real life, everyday but, supplement but, side. And the reality is, is you don't know that because you don't know what the person's endocan- how the endocannabinoid system is functioning. I don't want people to be afraid to take this, this natural, organic, yeah. Yeah. Right, na- organic, natural products that uh, that have been shown to be beneficial to a to a. a, a a system in our body that regulates everything. Right, but this is why I think what you're saying is so important because I agree 110% with what you're saying. However, I also know that most people are looking for the science piece and we need to be able to balance all of this. Some people, yeah. yeah, Some people, well, for sure. I wouldn't say, yeah, either way. We need to, we need to That will help some people get there. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, but I hope it doesn't prevent people from the using lack it. of science or the apparent uh, think of lack of science. Right? There's 12,168 patents on cannabinoids since 1940, right? So I'm sure there's more now, but um, the lack of research shouldn't prevent people from taking naturally, naturally occurring substances, right? That can help their body, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't, yeah. So we're going to, yeah, I'll shut up now. Okay. Grayson, you can take that part out. <laughs> Okay, I think we need to be ending this. Yep, I think so. I do have one last question. Okay. So what did you learn about when you were here, since you're here in China? What have you learned over the last few days? Well, I've learned that my Chinese sucks, um, linguistically speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned that in China they just call it food, not Chinese food. (laughs) Um, 
And then I've learned <laughs> that... You take toilet paper with you. Yeah, I've learned that um, sandpaper it does not work well with O-rings. And then I've learned... Uh, <laughs> That's fine. Line. I'm actually. It's actually. This place is amazing. It's incredible, it is, and I'm excited to travel it? all over the rest of the country in the next couple of weeks. But it's. You I'm pleasantly surprised. So I'm you're pleasantly. You're going to be seeing hemp farms all over China. Yeah, so I'm going to go see three hemp farms and three the largest three processing facilities in the country, in the world. I think, um, which will be amazing. I mean, I really got hooked up with some amazing people. Again, this is just kind I of how life did. works out fantastically, right? So, um, and so it's been. Uh, I've learned. Um, that they also don't provide enough towels in the hotel room, which is interesting. Um, or alcohol. Or alcohol. In yeah, a we had bar have no beer. Yeah, or just wine. all right. So, listeners, guys, we were here last night. And we went out after I drank the gasoline, uh, the, the <laughs> Chinese gasoline, and then came back and we decided to get some drinks on the main floor, the top floor up here. And they wouldn't. They were closed. The bar had no alcohol, which is it's so it's what, not really like called 11? a bar. It's called like a table. Ten thirty. Like ten thirty or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we had to order room service to my room, and then just had to convince them that delivery wasn't to my room. It was just to the, <laughs> the floor we were on. Oh my so god! That's the beauty of traveling all over the place. You get to, you get to come up with creative solutions to issues when they say it's not possible because they always say it's not and possible, of course, no matter what country you're in. Typical Jan who never carries cash. They only take cash here. Yeah. Yeah. So I have. Yeah. And there aren't any ATMs or banks around. No. And I learned that the hard way we went to cash because I went skiing today and I didn't have money to buy gloves and they went to make credit cards. So my little hands were freezing. Oh, wait. Did I? I didn't. Well, I told you about this. So I had my two hour thing. My niece seized up today. It was really funny. And she and I were having to communicate over our cell phones doing translation because I couldn't understand the damn thing she was saying. She couldn't understand the damn thing I'm saying. And. Thank God for technology and VPN so I can actually access Google. Yeah, if it wasn't for VPN, I would be VP out. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we should, I think, hashtag me too. Are you VPN? Oh no, I'm VP out. (laughs) So on that, we will close close up. We'll get get some dinner and I'm reading from my tree-free hemp, just so we're clear, my tree-free hemp um, little um, pamphlet here, which is Mm -hmm. awesome, hemp paper. Uh, a little shout out to Tree Free Hemp and Morris. You can keep that part in because that's your company. But I wanted to. Well, yeah, we'll just we'll end on that. So let's VP out. I have a question. One more. Yeah. One more. So on our podcast, we always end with a mind munching, basically a food for thought. Okay, I so, love munching. I know. And the mind munching is no mind munchy. Oh, so was... do you have any kind of like food for thought for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, I think like reflection on this weekend is 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 I I've studied this. I'm a total nerd, so I studied this for a long time, and I realize every day how little I know. How the more I learn, the less I know, right? right. And I think that really that resonates a lot here because I learned a ton this weekend um, here in China. This is only the it's second province growing. I don't know if you realize this, but this is what day is this? A Wednesday or a Thursday? We're in a Thursday. So then, why don't you just call it a weekend? If you don't know what day it is, why don't you just call it a weekend? That's what I do. <laughs> So if I don't know what day it is, it's just the weekend. Oh like it's God. much better. That's a much better way okay, to deal with okay. life. Like, I'll, I'll except for Sunday, that. I don't know, like the Sunday. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah. So it's, it, on every on the last three Saturdays we've had mm-hmm. the last three days in a row, uh, I learned some really cool stuff. But um, the food for thought. I don't have food for thought. I think just yeah. What? What? Give an example. Okay. Like, what are you like? One food for thought. One time I had was my granny used to have a saying. 
everything that shines isn't silver and everything that sinks isn't shit. I just think that's a brilliant kind of way of looking at the world. But like my food for thought, silver. <laughs> my mind munchie of this week would be that you know, life is a very interesting place and you can go halfway around the world and meet like-minded people and just to be open because you never know what can happen. I like it. I like it. And so I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave our listeners a combined yes. new hemp ties. Let's talk camp on the 422 podcast direct live from China. Um, live via recording. Um, live from, from China. For China. <laughs> and we are, I would leave them with this. It's a, it's a, I think it's either a Chinese or an African proverb, but it says, alone we go fast, together we go far. So I like that. And we need to collaborate more as an industry. We don't, people are trying to compete with each other. There is not, you know, I, the market's not mature enough for competitors, so we need to work together and we need to help each other. Absolutely. So, Even when we disagree. Because we learn from each I other. I agree with that. Me too. Wait, you're supposed <laughs> I'm you're agreeing supposed with you. disagree with me. I disagree <laughs> with the fact that I should disagree with you. <laughs> and on that, we will close it out. So right, thank you. Bye, uh, live from China. We'll chat soon. Bye. bye.